0: and debt, and analyst uh, upgrader grades or downgrades, and insider trading, and estimate revisions to the upside. Um, all of those things we want to see uh, to, to be pretty good, pretty healthy, and we want to see it across a, a broad spectrum of the economy. So that's the screener I've got right here. It's a, it's a pre-made screener on Shaken Analytics, and I'm going to hit get results. And Double A, why don't you tell us, I've just hit the number, by the way. So, and, and what let me do this before, yep. we, um, before we give the number. Um, what I'm going to do is uh, remove liquidity um, filters here. Okay. Uh, well, so, let me do that real quick because uh, some of us like to trade options. And so we can, you know, oh, the, although this is set for, it looks like 10,000 shares. So yeah, we're there. Pretty, yeah. yeah, we're there. Okay. So, once again, get results, bullish turnarounds. How many do you see? Uh, there are none. Okay. zero zero all right all right yeah. but the, hey but it might be that we've just got a whole bunch of stuff that's what we call classic bulls meaning they don't need to turn around they've been running for a while so i'm going to go to the second preset screen which is uh a classic bull we'll start with large caps right because they're a little bit more insulated against uh, economic downturns they have at least some cash in the bank and a little bit you know bigger market share more market caps so they they're at least Position to weather the storm on a relative basis if they weren't stupid with their debt.
1: Fair enough? Fair enough. Although in this case, they're a little more hammered by the dollar. But
0: sure. And I'm, all is true. And I'm even going to take uptrend off. Okay. So instead of above a rising 200-day double exponential moving average, I'm just going to say, no, uh, you do not have to be outperforming. You just need to have some money flow, meaning institutions have to be acquiring you. And that's what money flow is. And relative strength, again, as the market goes down, these are going down less because they're actually healthy. And as soon as the market turns around, these are the ones that are going to get bid up. Okay. So, um, and liquidity is, we've dealt with the, uh, we're doing more than just uh, looking at the million plus share a day type uh, equities, right? Would you agree? Yep. All right. Let me get results. All right. We have a few. So let's see how they're doing. I can tell you, I got burned on Cardinal Health last week.
1: About about a dozen results here.
0: Yep, about a dozen results out of 500. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah. So Cardinal Health is very bullish. It's part of healthcare. Would we agree? Healthcare is a defensive sector, and it's doing at least not worse. Right. It's it's been doing less bad. Yep. Now the money flow is actually very good, and the relative strength is good, and the and power gauge has moved from neutral to bullish, and it's kind of hung there for the last two months, and that's in sh- uh, healthcare provider. So you have to go to the doctor whether or not the Fed is raising rates, right? Oh, sorry. Can't treat your cancer. Fed's up another 75 basis points. That doesn't happen. Can't afford chemo on credit. Um, so we're down a little bit. We're down, what, maybe um, not quite 10% over the last uh, two weeks. But that one's looking pretty healthy. Yeah. Doesn't so, look good. Cardinal Health. And then Campbell's Soup. Mm-mm, good. Mm-mm. Good yield. Oh, uh, yep. Good yield. Well, let's, uh, let's go there. Let's there. So let's that, make sure. That is um, actually, you yeah, know, not bad. 3%. Not bad. Yep. You, but we can get out of a treasury. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, trying to maintain an uptrend. Good money flow. Pretty defensive. Strong stock, strong industry group. If people are going to use Campbell's soup or cat food to meet their dietary needs, then Campbell's soup is probably okay. Gilead Science still above the 200 day. Eh? Not bad. Yep. General Mills. So, so far it's been healthcare and... Staples. And cereal. <laughs> and, and Right. And and stuff in the pantry. Right. Yeah. And that one actually looks pretty good. You know, it, uh, it broke out of a um, kind of a sideways trend. Yeah. And this is General uh, Mills. Yeah. It had good uh, earnings per share. Okay. And, you know, I would say we're a little overbought, but there's uh, the market participants are... Um, definitely at least trying to acquire this. And this is one I own, Kellogg's. And this has been a brutal, uh, this was brutal for me, this downturn that happened before a little pop. But I would argue that uh, we're definitely seeing um, consumer staples. And then aerospace, that makes sense, right? Huntington uh, Ingalls, which I'm not familiar with, but they are on a nice lower left, to upper right. So, you know, war is on everyone's mind right now. It's true. Uh, more food products, ConAgra. Yep. Going sideways, but that's better than down. Lamb Weston Holdings, which is another food, food brutal products. downturn, yep. but, uh, you know, down, uh, you know, again, about 7% before bouncing. So there is definitely, I would say, just, you know, based on that sampling of 12 stocks, healthcare, medicine cabinet, and blow people up. <laughs>
1: Blow people up, fix them, and feed them.
0: Smuckers, another mm-hmm. one that's going sideways. But sideways isn't bad. So a lot of institutions seem to be hiding in yield and or quality companies that are not going to. I, I remember when the NASDAQ crashed 90% from peak to trough. Uh, value companies, basically, the, the ones that actually had earnings and yeah. weren't just dot-com myths, they um, they didn't go up. But you know for a three-year bear market, they went sideways.
1: They, they tread water, and yep. you, you collected a yield along the way.
0: Yep. Yeah. Um, so you know, as I go through Chaikin what I see is the market telling us what uh kind of what we just concluded at the beginning of this is that we're at support. Um, institutions that uh, that have to be fully invested are making very safe choices. And I didn't see any tech names. I did not in that, no. that screener.
1: I mean it, with 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 yield so high, it's no surprise.
0: Yep. Um, so it's, um, I guess the next kind of big toll booth for us to get through is the, uh, maybe the first week in October, I believe we'll have uh consumer uh, price index again, right?
1: Yeah, actually I think PCE is, there's PC, PCE this week. Let me look. Um, there's something on Wednesday, I believe. Which is an inflation report. I'm assuming it's, it's an inflation report of some kind. I forget which one
0: yep. it is. There's so many of them. Um, while you look that up, what I'm going to do now is just uh, for those of you who are watching and not just listening, we're going to bring up uh, a collection of macroeconomic ETFs that we use to kind of represent the, uh, uh, the, the broader markets. So these are going to be country ETFs and uh, uh, bond indexes and uh, stock indexes from around the world, the major, highly liquid stuff. And what I notice here is that uh, there's nothing rated bullish. So everything is, but there are a couple of neutral pluses. So utilities is neutral plus, and Latin America, which is really one. There's one company that represents about 25% of the Latin American ETF ILF, and uh, and about 30% of the of the ETF is in basic materials. So it's it's basically Petrobras and a, a miner whose name escapes me. Vale, I think it is. Okay. So so ILF is very thinly. It's kind of a. Th- it's supposed to be the top 40 Latin American stocks, but when you actually look at the uh, market cap. It's really two companies that, that do at least 25 or 30% of the total valuation of ILF. So, this is, this is going to be driven by oil rolling over, and that's what we're seeing. So, that's kind of bearish. And then, utilities we looked at, uh, rated neutral plus, that's crashing right now. So, um, u- utilities, um, sort of, a, I wouldn't say crashing. I'd say they're range bound right now, but they're coming off their top, right? They exploded through the bottom. And uh, so utilities, which actually do pay yield, they do, but it's only 2.83%. And that's the problem is I think that these um, uh, yield replacement stocks, basically, once the Fed announced what they announced uh, last week, um, they're just not going to hold up because the treasury bond is safer. Cash is no longer trash. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And then we talked about the DIA, which is also breaking down. And that actually broke through lows, So it is officially the first U.S. ETF to, um, you know, and again, I think there's going to be some algorithmic machine trading that goes on around that DIA. It's supporting the thesis of the dollar is a runaway train out of control. Now, emerging markets are not going to like a strong dollar because they basically produce commodities, which in dollar terms, um, you know, their, their own currency doesn't, uh, doesn't benefit from that. And they've crashed, right? New lows. Right. Uh, yeah. EFA is all the development uh, economies. So it's it's uh, XUS US though. So it factors. I would say this is the best bellwether for factoring out the dollar. Right. Because you don't have US stocks quoted in US dollars. These are other companies quoted in US dollars. Right. OK. And I argue we've crashed to new lows here. Right. Double yeah. double bottom yeah. didn't make it. We broke down. Broke down. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then IWM and Q's we know are both both sitting right at support in dollar terms. And then we have the equal weight S and P five hundred, which is uh, essentially instead of Facebook, Apple, and uh, Microsoft and Google. Amazon and Google, counting you know for for a third of that ETF. Everything is uh, given equal weight and independent of market cap status. So I think this is a really good sign. But I'd also argue A, that one's broken. You know, it's really close, right?
1: It's line it, in the sand. It's there. Yeah. yeah.
0: Really close, it but it, it did not trade well going into the close today. Below 130. See that candle? Yep. Yep. I do. Yeah. Whereas the SPY market cap weighted a little tiny bit better. Not much. Yeah. 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 And there's Ajax Japan. And I'd say this one is... We're seeing the Asian currencies. That's where the trouble is with the dollar right now. And you saw Japan was the first to blink by, um, manipulated first time, by the way, that the bank of Japan has gotten the way of the yen and uh, since 98.
1: I did not know that stat. Okay. Yep. The 98 was the
0: last time the Asian financial crisis, which, uh, um, you know, America was kind of insulated from that because we were, we had like a, I was very new to trading. I was like, oh, what's a mutual fund? Um, 97. But, the, uh, but I do remember Asia had a tough time. While we, were, while we were booming with dot-com stocks that had no value going to the moon, Asia was getting hit. People were losing fortunes in Asia. A lot and, of countries had to reset their value of their currency. And Japan's never really
1: recovered from, from that.
0: No, and actually it was the 80s. Uh Japan 80s the is, 90s, yeah. Yeah, yeah, 40 or 50 years into their bear market. Yeah. Wow. And that's that's another reason I'm concerned is that you know, debt always does this. It does. Yeah. So um why would we be the exception? That's why I get nervous. All right, so bonds. World so the the total US bond market, well, that's collapsing because interest rates are going higher. So we've got a as also a situation in um this is the first bear market that I've lived through where stocks and bonds are both going down at the same time.
1: 60-40 is definitely not working.
0: No, there's no place to hide unless you're, you know, doing some ultra shorts or something. Or, or cash. Yep, yeah. And of course, Eurozone looks terrible and mm-hmm. the uh, Italian government just got Trumpian.
1: They did? Yep. First and, ever female uh, prime minister there. That's right. And yep. she is
0: basically uh, like um, Marjorie Taylor Greene. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, how long till those till, till their credit spreads blow?
0: Oh, that's right. Of course, yeah. they're also going to support Putin. Yeah. Oh, so that looks like really? a, a yeah. they're yeah. There's a pro-Putin. Well, one of the two factions. So there's there's two ultra-right wings, but only one of the two. Okay.
1: Kind of is pro-Putin. That's, that's nice. Now,
0: I just see, like for example, the eurozone. Um, and again, this is the ETF EZU, hit a low uh, twice at 34 and then broke down through it. So the rest of the world is definitely leading things lower. But, Double how many times have we talked about IWM and Qs will lead things lower within the U.S.? I'm just arguing that we might be seeing the carnage outside of the U.S. borders because we've got a strong dollar. But that is going to come home to roost.
1: No, it. it, it I, I agree. It is. Um you know, here's an interesting stat that I read uh, earlier today from David Settle, who we both follow, is that this yes. is—I um, um, don't know if you saw this or not—but um, it's the either the first or second time, I'm not sure, but it's a very rare occasion uh, where the market is down six months in a row and yet still above the 200-week moving average. That's right, I saw that. Yeah, and so I mean, his I, I, what I got out of that, my takeaway from that is 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 his suggestion is that the bear market hasn't even really started yet.
0: Yep. And I'll just remind you, we basically said uh, months ago, when we looked at the, the, um, and we have to step back from this. And I'm, what I'm doing now is putting up a chart of the SPX on uh, my TD Ameritrade, and I'm just going to get rid of all indicators. And I'm just going to take us out to a, a nice five-year monthly look. And just remind ourselves that when we saw this COVID low and this explosion off the bottom, so mm-hmm. I'm looking at basically the COVID low in late March, that huge long lower shadow, and then if you just grab a uh, and what I'm going to do now is grab something called a Fibonacci retracement, and uh, would you agree that whenever we look at this and a market after a huge run pulls back one third, one half, or two thirds is still in an uptrend?
1: Yeah. Right. And that's, that's yeah.
0: Yep. So let's grab the Fibonacci retracement here. Um, so I'm going to. Uh,
1: it seems here, as you do that, just uh, seems here eyeball on this chart. We're, we're coming quite close to the pre pandemic highs, which of course could serve as, as a technical line in the sand. Could they not?
0: Yeah. We're right here at the, um, we're right between the 30. So basically from COVID lows to the high. And mm-hmm. I basically, I interconnected the, uh, the wicks, the wicks. Okay. So the run from 2200, which by the way, my forecast is for 2200. Um, if we, and I'm doing it based on the bugle pattern or the, um, uh, you know, the widening, the, yeah. the bullhorn pattern. The bullhorn. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, uh, I think that's the price target. So Hopefully
1: not. Your downside target is twenty two hundred, which is, is also was the bottom of the COVID panic.
0: It is, yeah, okay. and 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 so again, and I think my I think it might be off a little bit because here's my rationale. There's here's the width of the bugle, yeah, and this is me just extrapolating that bugle at where I think the breakdown point could be. Okay, and uh, and I think that's a little aggressive, don't you?
1: I mean. People would be in the streets with their hair on fire if we hit twenty two
0: hundred again. Yeah, It could happen. Um, so anyway, but the point I wanted to make is, from COVID lows to the high, the pullback—we're not even—we we, we, don't—we're not even at a fifty percent pullback. Yeah. So that's where I, I would agree with David Settle. that this is nothing more than the market working off excess,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: we may be confusing that with Armageddon. And I hope that's the case meaning we just have to
1: get back to how would I say normal growth, normal growth and more reasonable expectations. And that may just be getting back to that 200 week moving average, which is, you know, somewhere in the mid threes right now,
0: I would just argue we might have to overdo things a little bit overshoot it to the downside to
1: kind of scare them straight.
0: So to speak. So -hmm. if I look at the 20 year, um, I guess i'm'm I'm, I'm there I, I guess I can't do it on this chart but uh um, the natural growth curve is probably more like this i'm I'm going lower left to lower right at a yeah. much lower amplitude mm-hmm. than any of the this just was so unsustainable it just looked unsustainable we agreed when yeah. we were up here we thought oh man when we crash down it's going to be a doozy
1: not only not only unsustainable but 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 artificial which is the yes. problem
0: yeah well and it turns out it was completely artificial one hundred percent right right. And so, so I guess we feel good about ourselves for three years at a time and then horrible about ourselves for two years at a time. But um, it, there's no reality in it. No, I mean, I I, I I,
1: think the giveaway was people taking out mortgages to buy virtual real estate.
0: <laughs> and crypto. <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah. yeah, no question. Well, I think we, I, I, so I don't think there's that much to discuss at this point. I yeah. think um, we're at. We're at a key FIBO level. We're at a key support level. We're at a key
1: Um, level in in yields too. That that 3.95 on the 10-year, I think is crucial.
0: Yep. So it may be that we just go nowhere for a while until there's a new catalyst. Obviously, I think the Fed has kind of laid out their cards and it's going to be very tough. I think the data would have to be so extreme to get them off what they're going to do Mm. that the next level of data that we'll want to look at is companies, right? So we should start to see companies warning about missing Q4. We should see analysts starting to bring estimates down. And they've done that, by the way. Yeah. The market is no longer going to go, I mean, earnings, corporate earnings are no longer going up 10% next year. No. So they, they've started to hammer those. But I think there's a lot more of that um, to look forward to. So I think that it's going to be a uh, thousand paper cuts worth of little bad knit layoff here a uh, earning guidance warning here, a surprise to the downside during earnings season here. Uh, but eventually, um, the, the good news is the market gets in front of that stuff really quickly. So we'll probably hit our lows before the actual really bad recession happens. I, I agree with that, although I think that there's, there's data
1: out there that suggests that market lows don't come until after the Fed changes
0: course. Right. Not only do they have to be... Yeah, normally though... I would argue the markets usually don't start going down until after the Fed has stopped raising, right? Like 2007, it was all about when are they going to cut? They, they stopped in 2006, I think it was, mm-hmm. okay. uh, you know, after raising for two years, a quarter point at a time, mind you. Right. Um, and uh, I remember Kramer had this big meltdown. You remember that? They're nuts. Yeah. They know nothing. They know nothing. They're nuts. Yes. Right, that the Fed had actually done nothing for almost a year rate-wise, and of course, you know, the financial crisis was just brewing up there. You know, most people don't think of the summer as 2007 because the market was in a still in a pretty big bull run. We had our first kind of glitch down in August. I remember it was August seventh of uh, 2007, and uh, and then you know we had a huge rally higher. Yep. And so the question is, was last summer? The bear market's version of that huge rally, or is there another one? Is there another one in the cards? Right? Is there a Santa Claus rally? You think I, maybe? I think based on un- overextended technicals. Yep. I think
1: that the bad news is g- going to accelerate. Okay. You know, here's a little more bad news for you. I meant to mention this earlier. Mortgage rates, seven percent. Wow. They haven't been that high since prior
0: to since I bought my condo in Wilderness in I think two thousand.
1: Yeah, we haven't seen a 7% mortgage rate on a 30-year uh, yeah. since prior to the GFC.
0: By the way, a 7% mortgage rate, I I got that on a, I had to do a three-year arm to get the 7%, you know, because mm-hmm. everything was eight at the time. Okay. And I got to tell you, the interest was a huge bite out of the payment. Oh, yeah. It was yeah, huge. Yeah, yeah. Especially
1: now that people know what a two and a half percent or 3% right. interest payment looks like, swallowing a seven is is yep. difficult. Yeah.
0: And I'll bet there's some people who took
1: some arms and are regretting that. Actually, arms, e- even today with the higher rates, arms are, they're not very advantageous because of the oh. construct of the yield, the
0: yield spread. They're they are not much better than just taking the fixed rate and having the security. Well, and you as a mortgage broker, we're probably talking your clients out of that. Go for the 30 because of the uh, interest rate
1: risk. I would yeah, imagine. Why, w- w- yeah. I mean, when when yeah. we were anywhere under five, why wouldn't you not take the 30?
0: Did you see Larry Summers' uh, uh, interview in Fortune? I did not. I'd recommend looking at it. Now, Larry Summers was the guy who, during the Obama administration, was print, print, print. Big Mm -hmm. believe. He thought that we could do 200% of GDP. Mm -hmm. He's now got a very different take, which is he thinks that the Fed is too late and that they're going to have to raise rates twice as much as the market thinks today to uh, deal with inflation. That would be... If it weren't Larry Summers, I would say, oh, "Okay, is this Cudlow?" But <laughs> no, it's Larry Summers. That would be a disaster if that's the case. Yeah. So we'll see, right? I, the the problem is, the problem is America. It likes to be extreme right now. That's the way you get attention, right? And uh, and I'm listen. I'm definitely in my blog uh, stockcheatsheets I'm amping up the amplitude because I feel it. I I was, you know, I think I was the one in my blog even a month ago saying. You know, I th- I th- I think everyone's a little overly panicked about inflation. You know, because I was seeing a lot of commodity prices go down, and so I was in the Catherine Wood camp that it's just a matter of time before uh, rationality grips the Fed and they realize that they could be. Uh, you know, again, I'm going to use the, I'm going to use it again because I think it's a good metaphor: blowing up a dam to put, put out a forest fire. And uh, but now I'm now I'm I'm convinced they are in that for the they're Paul Volcker locked on on uh, staying tight for a lot longer than any of us want.
1: They seem to be. Um, I hope that it's a case of them talking more than they, their talk is, 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 is you know, bigger than their bite, so to speak, which, which has been the case. I they mean, they don't that, have a good
0: track record. You're they, absolutely right. Yeah.
1: And, and so I'm hoping that's the case. I'm hoping they're trying to talk inflation down rather than having to take action to br- actually bring it down.
0: Well, why don't we give a plug to the m- multiple entities who powered today's uh, um, podcast. I'll start by uh, saying that if you're interested in Chicken Analytics, you can go to chickenanalytics.com and sign up for a subscription. If you have enough of a trading bank role or an investment capital and you're a self-directed investor, it's worth it. Um, it's not cheap, but it's incredible insight. Um, the other product that I've got is StockCheatSheets.com. If you're like me and just have a little money to play with in the market, then you don't want to spend too much on your research service. So I've got the poor man's version of that, which I think uh, um, uh, does very, very well for what it does. And then, of course, AA, I don't know if it's your mortgage business or just your podcast, but I'll turn it uh, over to you. Just
1: just the podcast. It's uh, <laughs> Macro Monkeys, which, you know, is kind of a, an experiment in itself,
0: but uh, it's kind of available everywhere. And uh, we'll let you know when our body switches over. <laughs> I do appreciate I I feel younger. I'm better looking. And uh, so, you know, let's keep this up. You can be the old fat guy from Austin for a little while. Well, uh, walking in my shoes. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much. We'll see you again in a week. Thanks, Mike. Be good. See you.